Hello, baby. Thank you, Irene. Yeah, it's a problem with switching studios. Shit gets fucked up. Yeah, I might give you some more tweaks as we go. It's gonna bug me, but you'll be okay. Maybe it's my, maybe it's a Maya. Maybe it's a full call Maya. Well, Bill, let's say we got get the show started here. Ray is dealing with um, with internet issues and the forever uh, frustrating Comcast. So uh, you and I will get started, and hopefully he'll he'll pick up here and join at some point in the show, and we can uh, just berate him the whole time. Um, let me start. I'll give you my opening take, seeing as you switched gears up here at the beginning. Sorry. Uh, and mine's pretty broad, but I, I'm going to go Patriots. Uh, obviously, the big win over the Titans. And this is this is the kind of feeling I'm getting around New England, and it's a good thing. So if you listen to any of the national media, they're on this real upward swing of the Patriots are back. Mac Jones is amazing. The Patriots are the best team in the AFC. Everyone's sucking the collective dick of the New England Patriots. And then when you come locally, the cynical motherfucker kind of people that are in new England are starting to take hold poking holes in this Patriots team. And where are they not good? Where, you know, 36 to 13, but not everyone's impressed. And if you're a Patriots fan, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. When our backs against the wall, we like to shit on what's good. Not, not pump up what's already good. Unless, you know, it's the Brady's of the 20 years, but even you're with me, Bill, like even like when we could chalk in the Patriots going to the AFC championship game every year, as soon as you got to that divisional round, I started thinking that every play was going to be disaster and they'd lose. That's just the way you start to think as new England fans, 2014 Baltimore game, you go down by 14 points twice. And you have to basically you ran plays that were outlawed after the season and the, 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 the formation, and then a double pass to basically get you back in the game. You know what I mean? I mean, that's it's some of those games were tough. You know, but yeah, those and you t- always yeah. thought impending doom was around the corner. So you have to think that way to temper your expectations. So that's that's the feeling I'm starting to get here with the Patriots in the six game win streak and, and what they're doing, uh, which is good news. However, the real test is really coming. We all know it. this three game stretch will be an actual test unless fucking Josh Allen slips in the in the shower, which is totally possible with the luck the Patriots are getting and uh, Jonathan Taylor, you know, shoots his own foot or something and then in the weeks to come we're going to get to see a real test for the patriots uh but certainly we'll be talking about that titans game here uh bill let me throw it over to you your opening take your uh (laughs) your developing opening take if we would it's finally happening it's finally happening jake debrusque has requested a trade from the boston bruins he did not wait for the bruins to finally be grow some balls and trade him he wants out after this Benching. He thought he worked something out with Bruce Cassidy in the offseason. They met, had dinner, all that bullshit. Healthy scratch this year. He had four goals. Two of them came in the first three games of the year. And a struggling team that's to get struggling to get offense out of their second, third, and fourth line to be a healthy scratch to shake things up. You finally demanded a trade. Good. Sayonara. Get the fuck out of Boston. I don't care what you get back. I don't care if it's a fucking trash can or a washer and dryer. Get him out. I'll take the dryer, period. Get him out. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Can we set it at like an air fryer, like one of the new air fryers? No, we'll just take the dryer. We'll We'll take the dryer. Fuck it. So, and this lines up with your uh, Fire Don Sweeney takes that have been growing as well. Fire Don Sweeney. (laughs) Totally. Um, Okay, we'll try to get to the Bruins at the end of the show. Before that, uh, the show rundown for today, we're going to be talking uh, Patriots, Titans mostly, of course, and a little bit of looking forward into that test I talked about with the Bills and the Colts. Uh, Do a little Celtics talk. Uh, They've been uh, consistently 
inconsistent for the last basically year and a half. And uh, yeah, the Bruins will do a little bit of Bruins talk who really don't have a good team uh, and DeBrusque wants off apparently. So welcome to the Civil Minds Sports Show. Fat Tuesday, November 30th. Happy birthday, mother. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll be sending a gift. It's also St. Andrew's Day, so welcome to the I show. Hope it's, I hope it's one of these gifts. Blah! Yeah, something like that. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube or on uh, the podcast, please rate, subscribe, review. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm sorry for that last gesture that Bill just made, but you're welcome as well. And uh, rate, subscribe, review, tell your friends, of course. Uh, and as always, if you're doing some drinking, head on down to White Birch Brewing, the best craft brewing in New Hampshire. Bill, address, please. 460 Amherst Street. Nailed it. The good side of Amherst Street. Get it out of the brewery. Get yourself a flight. Get yourself a pint, whatever you're into. Good day. Uh, good uh, season for beer drinking, that's for sure. If you can't do the, get to the brewery, get at your local beer store. Wherever you get it, tell me Simple Minds Boy sent you White Birch Brewing. All right, Billiam, let's start. Patriots, Titans, 36 13. Um, uh, damn it. None of these jokes I make about Ray are work when he's not here, but. Um, he was very, he was very proud of himself for making an Instagram thing. I told him to fucking wait for that. I said, wait, if they beat the bills, then you run it out. And then you, cause you caught, you beat me to the text. <laughs> I was, I was it. just trying to be positive. He obviously put some work in to something that was mediocre and uh, he wanted to post it on. It was a Mac Jones and his throne thing. King of the North game of Thrones type of thing, which by the way, where the it's the AFC East and the AFC isn't necessarily North. I get, we play in the North kind of, but the whole thing didn't really make sense. And then he wanted to post that after we beat the Titans, not knowing that we still Patriots still wouldn't be in first place. if the Ravens won. <laughs> so news to Ray, uh, the Patriots are now in second place in the AFC first in the AFC East with the Ravens winning on Sunday night football. Either way, Bill, uh, good place to be from two and four. Go back even further, seven and nine with Cam Newton, go back even further, the last time you saw this team, the Titans, uh, Brady was throwing a pick six in his last game in Foxborough. We thought last it was pass. truly over last pass ever in Foxborough for the Patriots. And now you sit here top of the AFC East, uh, knocking on the doorstep top of the AFC in that bye week uh, in a game that was weird, deceivingly good, deceivingly bad. All the numbers, I think, lie to us. The Mac Jones 300 yards doesn't seem right. The Patriots giving up 270 <laughs> yards doesn't seem right. Didn't feel like Patriots rushed for 100 yards. I don't know. What did you give? Just give me your overall thoughts of this game. Do you think the Patriots dominated the way it looks or did you like, what doesn't it feel weird to you? Didn't it seem like a weird game when you yeah, I mean, at the it, like at, at the numbers out after didn't seem like it shook out. You know, you gave up 200 yards. You had two backs go for a hundred yards. I mean, and not one of them was Derek Henry. You know, we joked earlier, they rushed for 270 yards and we've been joking all season. This game was Derek Henry could run for 300 yards himself. This is a different ball game with Derek Henry's in. That's for sure. I mean, they came. Think? I I think so because I don't think he's fumbling that ball that um, Foreman did on down the uh, after that big run. He's not fumbling that ball. Honestly, he Derrick Henry doesn't fumble. He's a fucking beast. I just think, you know, you, you try to force 
Tannehill to throw. But again, if that team's be not beat up, the, the game's going to be a lot closer. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the, it didn't seem like you scored 36, but Ryan Tannehill threw for 93 yards and basically nothing in the first half. You, the game got away from some bad turnovers. Godchild caused a fumble. You know, the Jalen Mills fumble after you had some momentum. You stopped the Patriots there. You had momentum. You're only down six, I believe, right that. And you just broke out a run again, basically your second play in a row after you ran it for 68 yards and a touchdown down the throat at the end of the half. And then your first drive, you ran up there and you got a fumble, which Jalen Mills got lucky to recover before it went out of bounds. So, I mean, good play by Jalen. Good play by Jalen. Those two toot a little bit there because we've been been, uh, praising him for a little bit. He's been quietly steady good lately. A couple of nice pass breakups, but it just got away. It wasn't as dominant. You know, like I said, I mentioned in the the pre-show, it was fucking boring second half. It, yeah, it you was. just knew it was over, but like midway through the third quarter, it was a six, nine point game. There was some, there was one of those games where you just, you were going to let them hang around long enough for them to fucking get a drive late in the fourth quarter, Miami dolphins game to, that yeah. cost you a buy in 2019 type game and let them get down there. But defense held up. I mean, that's, what's carrying you into this team right now. Mac Jones, 121 yard QB rating. Uh, 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 yeah, he didn't, he didn't, uh, look that good he was six for six to start the game with the with the touchdown but yeah uh that's what i mean deceivingly you know this was on the scoreboard a tight game all the way to the mid third quarter um 13 to 19 when i think it was kendrick Bourne who broke that 40 yarder terrible tackling by the titans nice play by jacoby myers you know hand up for him He, he had a nice play there but it, yeah, you know, you're you're in a one possession game all the way to the mid third quarter. You had the 68 or 69 yard run by Hilliard at the end of the first, basically a half court shot for the Titans. This is when it could have gone either way. So this is why I give credit to both teams. And I and I count this as a really good win for the Patriots, even though, yeah, the game might be a little bit different with Derrick Henry. But do you think they're rushing for more than 270 yards with Derrick Henry? I think it, you probably label it about the same. Only it's probably about the same, but like if you were giving up that many holes, I mean, they they came to run. They started four tight ends and two fullbacks. You knew they were going to run, and that's the problem with the Patriots. You know, you think about when Sony Michelle was here, where you needed to get a one yard and you couldn't get the one yard. Like when the team knows you're going to run and you can't stop it, that's a problem on this defense. We haven't seen it yet after those six games because you've been getting up on teams, right? So, I mean, they abandoned the run in the second half because you were up two scores late. I mean, even when you were going for it on fourth and goal, you get an interception that turned into points. I mean, you, you basically just gave up in the second half. But, I mean, again, it was a one-score game late. You know, you missed the field goal after the 68-yard touchdown, right? So, I yeah, mean, Nick the Patriots tried to the, uh, the, 50 the 53, 53 yarder, yarder at the half. Yarder, so um, I just, well, look, look, back to my original point of uh, everything was a little bit deceiving there because up until that point, the Patriots were more or less dominating that first half. You had the Titans first drive, Ryan Tannehill, um, you know, in the run game, brought him down to the goal line and you had that touchdown uh, that was ruled uh, down at the goal line. And then they ruled it back a touchdown. After that, the Titans really didn't do a whole lot. And it, Patriots had control of the game. And it felt like when they got the ball back, I think that was around three minutes or was a minute, whenever he ran the 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 68 yarder back, it was with a minute or so left. Yeah, Patriots um, got the ball with like 50 seconds left and like two timeouts or one timeout or something like that. Right. So it it felt like, wow, okay, Patriots going to go into half here, um, up 16 to, what was it at that point? Um, it was 16 to six. 16 to six. They're going to have a 10 point lead. They're going to get the ball back at, 
at least you're thinking they're going to go up by two touchdowns after the half. And, you know, here we go. You're going to run away with it. Titans hold, they stick around. They get that big run and they, and they stick around. Yeah. Um, it's just... And then, like we said, into the mid in mid into the third quarter, 16, 19, 13, 19 game, the sticking around, sticking around and the Patriots break it loose with that Kendrick Bourne. And it basically kind of felt over after that. And that was after the Jalen Mills recovery on the JC Jackson forced fumble, where it was a huge swing. So this was the sequence. This was the sequence. I went back and looked today before the fumble that uh, Mills recovered. The Patriots had the possession and that's when um, I believe, or no, that was the first half. Sorry. I fucked it up. That was when Hunter, the first big run play for the Titans Patriots missed Hunter Henry, Mac Jones missed Hunter Henry. And then that's wide open for the touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically a 14 point swing there. And the second half after Bourne got that touchdown, it, it, the, you know, the Titans can't play from behind that far. And it was not with any, it was kind of over at that point. Not with any weapons. No, you don't have Julio. You don't have any tight ends. I mean, Cole fucking whatever the tight end used to play for the, the Patriots, um, Hollister, Cole, whatever his name is, Jacob Hollister's brother was their leading receiver. You know what I mean? So it's like they didn't have the weapons in the, you got up late. Even Nick Folk, again, five field goals, but Patriots, again, numbers were deceiving. You were two for five in the red zone and touchdowns. I thought, you know, I was nitpicking early on Mac Jones. You know, I sent a text and said that John, so John Smith had a nice catch. I think that went for 22 yards, but he had to jump for it. If he had kind of let him there, that, that throw goes for lower. He's got a, a DB in pursuit and a, and a safety. I mean, he makes one move and he probably could have scored. You know, and he got tackled pretty much right away because he had to jump. So, I mean, I was nitpicking early. And I think early, I replied he, to that text with John Smith probably ran the wrong route because he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, I, he, it's been his best game for a while. They're, they're throwing to him. They're, that, that jet sweep they had where, you know, Tennessee didn't even know they had the ball after they couldn't run for shit the whole game. I didn't think their run game was good. They ran for, what, 100 yards even, yeah. 107 yards, something like that. So, I mean, Mac Jones really – 310 yards, but it was a, for me, it was quiet. I thought you had good, you had four decent passes. The Jacoby Myers catch, I thought was good Do you catch. Think that good, was throw. A good throw. I mean, great catch. I'm going to give you great catch. I don't even know if I like the decision and I mean, the throw was okay. It had some good speed on it. The safety misplayed it. If he didn't, if he jumped, didn't jump early, that's an, inter, that's an interception. I think that's a better catch than throw, but he placed yeah. it where he, he placed it where he wanted to. I mean, he had, he had, yeah, he had it waited for fucking Myers, you know, so Myers had want, a man-to-man coverage. I mean, I just, go, I thought this was, is, again, this is nitpicking. I just, I went back and watched that play again. And Myers has the outside leverage with no one on, on the, on the uh, sideline. If Mac puts that a little bit towards the sideline and keeps Myers running, the safety's got to trail him. So he was I also thought, in in pursuit too. Someone was he was kind of he rushed the throw and yeah, he was on was the dumb. move. He and, was on the move too. He wasn't. He, I think if you if he's planned and didn't have to rush it a little bit, he's hit Myers in stride and that's a touchdown. Yeah, right. True. So I think I think he was on the move. You know, and he had to kind of launch it up there again. He's not a strong arm quarterback. I was like, holy shit! That ball looked like it died there. But again, he's on the move. If he's you know planted that that's probably a touchdown. Honestly, yeah. I just, uh, yeah, it, Jacoby Myers was asked about it after the game. He said, I was just clearing space. I didn't expect to get the ball. Generally, that's not where the ball goes in that play. So, uh, yeah, it was just something, uh, again, a nitpick. If we're on the offense, uh, I'll move on to some of the offensive points I had here. 
and again, uh, question marks. This game, game comes out with question marks as a cynical Patriots fan. But here's where I, if the game ended up with 44 points for the Patriots instead of 36, now that might sound a little gluttonous. But if it was 44 instead of 36, I'd feel a lot better. Here's why. Of course, the Hunter Henry touchdown, that should have been a touchdown. And that would make me feel better that they could score. And I think it was the second drive of the first drive. They get no, not the first drive. That was the beautiful pass to Kendrick Bourne touchdown. Best throw of the day. Second drive of the day that they got into the red zone. They got inside the five or close to it. And they had to settle for the field goal. Like you said, two for five in the red zone, but there were, there were two big missed opportunities that if you can punch it in, that's eight extra points. That's going to probably cost you. You're going to need that in a game coming up or in the playoffs. Those are the type of conversions I'd like to see. I'd like to see Nick Folk with three field goals, not five. Can I, can I tack on three more for that? Because Jacoby Myers stepping out of bounds <clears throat> with seven seconds left to, to, and then came back in to make ah. the catch. If he did not step out of bounds, makes that catch, falls out of bounds. Folks kicking, what, a 45-yarder, 46-yarder instead of a 53-yarder, which you missed. That's 11 points you could tack on. Again, we need Mac a 310 yards. Yeah, you won in a, a big a game against a beat-up team. This is the kind of game we need to see you kind of grind out and win in a playoff game, right? Like you need to be sharper. You're not going to win kicking five field goals and going two for five, two for five in the red zone. Like these are still, but again, you just won six in a row. This is a big stretch that we've been talking about going this five game stretch leading up to the bills, right? You needed to go. I think early in the season, we were hoping three to two, four to one. You know, I think I floated five. They can go five and oh, I think they're going to be, you know, I think, we got to test this week, but we'll get into later on. But I mean, yeah, no, you I need just, to play better on offense. The red zone offense for three years now has been garbage. And that that drive that I'm talking about specifically where they settled for the field goal inside. the Maybe it wasn't the five, but they got inside the seven, whatever it was. Um, they threw it basically the, the whole Hunter Henry the on the on the right side. And it was way out of bounds on third down. That was that drive. Twenty two yarder from Nick Folk. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good memory. Um, they they threw the ball the whole way down the field. And then when they got there, they ran it twice. Uh, into the into the line of scrimmage, which hadn't been working. So I don't know if it's, uh, you know, we're this far into the season. We're giving McDaniels credit one week and we're blaming him in the next week. I don't know if he has a feel yet for the red zone or if this is just the way they want to play it. it I have to go with now. This is just the way they want to play it because either they don't trust Mac or they, uh, they don't have the personnel to get it done in the red zone the way they want to get it done throwing the ball. But either way, you, you can't live like this. You're going to die if you keep kicking six fucking field goals a game when you could have two extra touchdowns. Yeah, you can't do it in a playoff. I have breaking news real quick. I know Ooh. we don't talk about a lot of college football here. Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame, going to LSU. That's a big hire down there. SEC football now. Notre Dame, I believe, is 10 and 2 right now or 10 and 1. You know, they're, they're, they're right outside the, you know, the college football playoff. And they're Brian Kelly jumping to a powerhouse. Peace Ooh. out. With a name yeah. like Kelly, you go from the Irish Irish school down to the bayou. That's that's a tough one. To, that's a tough one to take if you're Notre Dame. Um, but one thing, real quick, to, to, before we move on defense, it's hard to nitpick when you score 36 fucking points. Let's true. be real. Defense didn't score any points. Special teams. I mean, it was a team win. Special teams. Gunnar Olszewski, I think, averaged over 20 yards of punt return. Even the first one, he had 22 yard punt return that set up their first drive for a touchdown. So I mean. Having him back, a he's a win. weapon. It was a team win. I mean, you it was, you know, you spread the ball all around. Jacoby Myers, five catches, 98 yards was your leading receiver. So, I mean, 
It's hard to nitpick when you scored 36. Everyone's contributing. Everyone's contributing. And we've done a good job of uh, staying away from the 2001 comparisons. And I will continue to do that. You know who hasn't done a good job of Comcast tonight? <laughs> still, <laughs> still no right. Com- Comcast is outside of the 2001 comparison and just doing their fucking uh, job. So good for them. Uh, anything else I had on the offense here? Rook? Oh, here's, here's one. If you want to uh, give McDaniels and Mac a little bit of, uh, credit here. I asked the question, what does this say about the passing offense? Just give you some statistics. The Patriots lost the time of possession this game, 28 to 32. They lost the total plays, 58 to 62. They only had one punt. They had two passing touchdowns, should have been three with Hunter Henry, but they were only four of 10 on third down. When you look at time of possession and total plays, one punt, couple passing touchdowns, that that usually comes from a team that can score quickly and abruptly and explosively, not a team like the Patriots who want to run the ball, play action, um, you know, hold on to, to the possession. So is that a good sign for you that they can lose time of possession? They can lose total plays and they can still put up uh, points. And I don't, don't, I don't even count the 36. Let's just call it in the mid twenties with the passing offense that they have. Yes. Because you won the turnover battle for nothing that helps you know what i mean that that's right there so i mean that's why you know you got short drives you know you you, especially in the second half think about that you know you got a a goal line stop that led to points you got again another turnover with the um another fumble late you know i mean for i think tnl what two picks it's two picks and two fumbles so you had a stupid pick late to van noy i believe had one or i had a fumble i don't remember at this point it was yesterday but either either way it was like yeah you, you, you won the turnover battle that's why you had short drives that led to, that all led to points. You know what I mean. So that that was it. But if you look, you didn't start really um, losing that until um, you know late because Tennessee had two long drives. Their long touchdown drive ate up what eight and a half minutes, I think. Yeah. You know. So I mean, you were off the you were off the uh, field for a while, and that's why. But it was good. You were moving the ball all day. But again, you you play a team with a good defense. You know th- that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt think- a lot. I think Tennessee has a pretty decent defense. I think the front seven's pretty good. Um, we should see a good defense in Buffalo coming up, which we'll get to. But real quick on the um, on the Patriots defense, speaking of Ryan Tannehill and long drives, I, I texted this out during the game. It looked like the only passing success that Tannehill was having was with his tight ends in the middle of the field, taking advantage of some of those linebackers, which we've mentioned this in previous games, why other teams are not attacking that part of the field with the Patriots. Hightower. Bentley, Vanoy, these guys cannot cover. They just cannot mm-hmm. cover. Now, maybe it's Belichick scheming them out of that and not allow and Judon and Barmore, Barmore getting to the quarterback and not allowing that to happen. But it looked like the success that uh Tannehill in that offense was having um was in the middle with with those guys. And remember, they got the one touchdown early and they got down to the uh to the goal line in that third quarter when you had the JC Jackson interception. So it's not like and I know that the Titans ran all over them, but it's not like the Titans were playing on their side of the field the whole day. They had a couple drives and the passing success came in the middle against the linebackers. Is that in a combination with their run game, something that other teams should be looking at as the Patriots weakness? And, um, you know, obviously the Patriots will have to game plan moving forward and breaking news. We have someone joining us, but go ahead with your take. Uh, no, you just distracted me with this. Sorry. Dummy coming in. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll reset, reset, I'll reset yeah, it for you. Raymond, welcome. We're in the middle of a conversation. You can uh, 
fuck Comcast. If if you were allowed to talk, you're probably going to be frozen here for a second. Bill, I'll reset my question to you. The middle of the Patriots defense seems susceptible to um, a passing offense. Okay. It was against yeah. the Titans, and clearly their run game showed some holes. Is that something that sh- they should worry the Patriots moving forward? I think it should when you play the bigger offensive line. You remember Tennessee came with four tight ends out of necessity and two fullbacks. They came to run. They beefed up that offensive line. Patriots have a smaller deep defensive line, starting with, you know, Barmar's in there. And even Godchow's not that big. And Lawrence Guy, they're not that, these huge guys. They were getting pushed around a lot before they got to the linebacker level. You know, a, a good running back, and it, you know, was going to explode that, but Buffalo doesn't have it. The real test is going to be Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor. You know, at Buffalo with has no zero running game. They don't, I mean, that's what you thought Tennessee had. But I think Tennessee has a better offensive line. And again, they they came to run the football yep. and they just they just loaded up to run the football. I do not think Buffalo can do that. I so I think you're not going to see a lot of screens because they get no no guys. Maybe Matt Breida is the only guy that's going to do that. Tennessee, <laughs> fucking idiot. Tennessee is going <laughs> to be the go. guy. Jonathan Taylor is the guy that worries you. And I, I mentioned it last week, you know, on our Monday or two, whatever show, our football show. Jonathan Taylor scares the shit out of me for this team because I don't know if there's a way to stop him the way he's playing right now. He's got eight straight ga- eight straight games over 100 yards. So he, okay. leads the league, he leads the league in touchdowns. But that's two, three weeks away at this point, so we're not really super worried about it But because Buffalo can't exploit it. But – I'll you know, just say this about that too. If you want to be, if you want to be a run team in the NFL on offense, then your defense better be able to capitulate that. And I don't think Indianapolis defense can. And what I mean by that is I don't think Indy's defense uh, can be good enough to hold teams to a low, a low enough scoring affair where Jonathan Taylor can just take over and, and win games, uh, you know, a, a low scoring. Can the so, can the Patriots do what Tampa did this weekend against? Well, the that was my that's my next point. Is back to the offense in the red zone. If the Patriots can start getting touchdowns in, in the red zone instead of, uh, instead of field goals, it won't allow teams to run that can run to run. We saw it. We we just we've been go over this for the last twenty minutes. We just saw it happen with the Titans. As soon as Kendrick Bourne scored and they got down two points, two uh two scores. Tennessee couldn't rely on that run game late and they had to go to Ryan Tannehill and he started fumbling and throwing picks all over the fucking place. Um, a couple other points on, on the defense. I wanted to do this with Ray here, but Comcast has kicked them off again. We already said it earlier in the show, but I think it deserves another mention hat tip Jalen Mills hat tip to Jalen Mills fumble recover me a couple good pass deflections in this game. One big one late, or was it in the third? No, quarter? it was in the third quarter. They had just kicked a field goal. And there was third, what, third and six, I think. And Jalen stepped in and on um, Hollister, made the yeah, nice the Patriots, play there. That's yep. it. The Patriots had kicked the field goal to go up to 19-13. Um, and, the, and the Titans were threatening. And, and Jalen Mills made that play. And then on the return possession is when Kendrick Bourne went for the 40-yard touchdown. So, uh, yeah, a nice momentum play there from Jalen Mills, who, like you've been saying, Bill, has looked good the last couple of weeks. We're silent. He's looked silent, which is which what is you what you need. I, you know what? Like. I don't want to compare him to Stefan Gilmore, but he was so trash when Gilmore started this. You know what I mean? You, he was yeah. looking like a mega bust at what, 16, $17 million a year, whatever he was getting paid at the time, 14, whatever. I mean, he's quietly played better and better. And I think you've seen him play better because JC Jackson's a prime example. You've, you've switched your team to the zone. You've heard it after that Dallas game is when you made that switch 
You gave up 450, 70 yards, whatever the fuck you gave up, the highest ever under Belichick. And then they switched to the zone. You're seeing J.C. Jackson seven interceptions now. You're seeing Jalen Mills make plays. Adrian Phillips has got four picks on this team. You lead the NFL in interceptions. And you're seeing it now because you, you've moved to this zone. The whole defense is benefiting. You lead the NFL in, in uh, defensive takeaways in the last six games. You took it to 17. You were minus three in the first, it, the first six games of the season. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, now you're plus 14. You're up at the top three, four in the NFL right now. So, I mean, yeah, they're making this whole switch and, and fumbles are a big part of that, too. Remember, they couldn't get a fucking fumble to save their life to start the season. And now uh, we're getting at least one a game. It seems like Ray Ray's ready to burn Comcast to the ground. Who do I get to do? I have to do headlines today. Huh? I'm slightly distracted with Ray texting us in. Um, but you did segue that into uh, another guy I want to talk about really quickly is JC Jackson with another um, trash interception. If you were to listen to Belichick and his comments, JC Jackson will pick up any piece of trash you lay, you lay out there. Is that a burn or is that a compliment? Oh, I heard you heard the same thing. I, I heard. heard. On, yeah. Fucking about. I don't, I don't know. I don't buy, I don't buy into that, but I do buy into JC Jackson is not, is not Stefan Gilmore. He is not Darrell Revis. I actually thought about this taking a shit today before the show and a real quick Sunday social hour question for you. I'm going to name you the best cornerbacks throughout uh, Patriots history. They've always had a pretty dominant left cornerback in Belichick history, Belichick history. Okay. Starting with Ty law, Asante Samuel, little gap, but then Tlaib. And then you had Revis shortly, and then you had Gilmore. Now you have J.C. Jackson. Butler was in there. Don't forget Malcolm Butler. But Butler was never the left. Butler was, was never the. He old was still player. the. He was still the number one corner. He had. He split the gap between Revis and Gilmore because he came. Gilmore's first year was Fine. Butler's last year. Fine. You got to throw him Malcolm in there. Butler, Fine. Yeah. Put Malcolm Butler. That's seven. Where do you rank J.C. Jackson? Mm, I'll take him over Malcolm Butler. That's pretty much where I have. I had him below all the other six that I mentioned. I had him below Ty Law, of course. Mm-hmm. I had him below. I had him close to Asani Samuel, who was at the bottom for me. Tlaib, when he was with the Patriots, I thought was fantastic. Remember that Jimmy Graham game he had against the Saints? Shut him out. Yeah. Um, I had him below Revis. He got hurt that That game 14 too. season that he was here. Revis started slow, but he turned on. He, he was awesome. And obviously, I have him below Stefan Gilmore, who's number can I throw another? Can I throw another quick name out for you? Earth Prime Moreland, Prime Brandon Browner. Okay, but still, you know, without Revis is Brandon Browner. Brandon Browner. He was with Sherman. I mean, yeah, say what you want, but yeah, I mean. Anyway, was, my this, yeah, I know what you're saying. My let's point move, is, does JC Jack obviously JC Jackson's going to go get whatever money he can because it's the NFL? But does he realize? Does he realize that it's that a little bit of the system here helping him out. And if he's put on an Island out there, he's going to get made a fool out of. And another big test coming up from him, Stefan Diggs, who put him in his fucking locker last year at the end of the season. Yeah, this is the biggest test we'll see. But again, we'll see what the zone defense is. And it starts up front. If Matt Judon keeps harassing every, every quarterback, you know, if he, if he's sitting back and kind of letting Josh Allen get kind of throw, which I, I expect you're going to try to contain him in the pocket. You don't want him run on you, you know, and see, we'll see. Can you get there with four guys? You know, that's where it's going to start. So, yeah, big uh, test. it's going to be a big test for sure. Good, beautiful, absolutely fantastic segue. Uh, the test coming up, we got the Bills, uh, Colts, bye week, Bills. Uh, let's stick with the Bills. And the only questions I have is, can the Patriots win not the way they've been winning the last six weeks, which is their style, which is in front, in control, 
not from behind, uh, and not in a shootout. Can they win that way if uh, if Buffalo breaks out? If they break out to a fourteen nothing lead and have some big plays, can the Patriots win? No, I don't. I think the Patriots are more a front runner right now, and it all starts with the defense. You know, you you, you get those one couple drives, you go up by you know, two scores, even 10 points. And you, you've seen it in this six game winning streak defense just clamps down, but Buffalo, you know, they just put up 40 points on a pretty goddamn good defense in new Orleans on Thursday night and Thanksgiving. I mean, you know, you, you hope they didn't find something because this offense going back to last year, I mean, Josh Allen was what runner up for MVP last year with over 40 touchdowns. So, I mean, he's, this is a this is a team you don't want to face hot right now. And I mean, it all starts with defense. I don't think Mac Jones is good enough to throw for 300 meaningful in 10 yards. And I and meaningful, I mean, throwing for 200 yards in the second half, throwing for 150 yards in the fourth quarter, and you have to come back game. It all starts with the defense. And if your defense is an off, I don't think Mac Jones and the offense right now is good enough because you put up 36 points kicking five field goals and you're two for five in the red zone. That can't happen. Okay. I, we asked this question to start the season. I think we had the collective yes. And then after the first four weeks, it was a no. And now I ask it again. Is the Patriots defense good enough to win you games specifically in this test coming up? Yes, Can they, they not are. allow the bills to get out in front of them? Can they not allow Jonathan Taylor to run all over them and, and get out into a big lead? And can they allow Mac Jones and the offense to play? They want the way they want to play. Yeah, I do, because I think they were good enough to do it against Tampa Bay, where Tampa Bay scored 19 points. I think they got away from themselves in Dallas, but again, it, it all goes back to reverting after Dallas. You reverted to a better defense. So, I mean, I, you're playing better, and they're going to win you games. They're a better team. I just think this defense, it all live in, lives and dies by defense. You're going to win games, and if the defense is off, you're not winning. I agree with you. Ray? Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the show, Raymond. Oh, we damn. Have- I thought I was going to have to do headlines. Oh, no. Just oh, in time. Damn just it. In, just in time. However, we'll, we'll, we'll extend our Patriots talk a little bit for you, Ray. Just give us your overall impressions of the Patriots win over the Titans. I'll, while you get your mind around that, I'll give you a little synopsis of what we've uh, gone over. Um, it wasn't as good of a win as a lot of people want to make it out to be. My opening take was that's a good thing as Patriots fans, if we're being hard on them and the national media is being um, overly uh, jubilant about them, that's good. That means we have a good team. However, real tests are coming. Mac was just okay. Defense was great. Titans were hurt. Real tests are coming. Your, your overall impressions of the Titans game and what we should expect from the Patriots coming forward. Click clack, the Patriots are back, baby. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they're beat up. Who gives a fuck? They, they're doing what they need to do. They're winning games. This is the National Football League. This isn't the NBA or MLB. This is Can you mute seven, him? seven. Yeah, we're just going to mute him real quick. Jesus Christ. Like he's, he just sounds like down. every guy. No, he's, been, on the he's been on the fucking pine for 20 minutes. He's <laughs> fighting with Comcast. Fucking All right, Comcast. go ahead, Ray. Just. Go ahead. No, I mean, you got to win the games. You got to play. It doesn't matter. Every game counts. So, you know, yeah, we're getting a little luck on our side being these teams that are beat up. But still, you're going out there and you're winning the games. That's all that fucking matters. Just go out there every week and win those fucking games. I, uh, whoever said that your schedule is your schedule is right. You can only play who you play. But, it, you know, when you talk about sports on a weekly basis, you have to kind of dissect it a little bit more and uh, hypothesize what it's going to look like moving forward. And to this to this point, the Patriots have not had a test and passed it 
to the point that they're about to get with the Bills on Monday night. They had two tests, I think, Correct. at Tampa and Dallas. They failed those tests. Now they're about to get a, uh, a similar one on Monday after six straight wins in the National Football League, Raymond. Uh, three of them, I think, in the uh, good to very good category against the Chargers, Browns, and now the Titans. Uh, certainly Monday night against the Bills would be the biggest of them all to date. Thank you for that addition, Raymond. I appreciate it. We'll be right back to do a little Celtics and Bruins talk. Before then, let me hand it over to headlines with the obvious one. Thank you, Richard. Uh, the Patriots moving to second place in the AFC with a 36-13 blowout over the Titans on Sunday. They next face the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo on Monday Night Football, the first of two matchups in the next month that should decide the AFC East. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens hold off the Browns on Sunday Night Football to take over the number one seed in the AFC, and Cam Newton will remain the quarterback for the Panthers after his 5-for-21, 92 yards, and two interception performance versus the Miami Dolphins. Thank God for Mac Jones. The Celtics pick up a bounce-back win against the Raptors, 109-97, after another embarrassing effort versus the Spurs on Friday night. The Celtics sit in ninth place, only three games of games out of the second in a wide-open Eastern Conference. Richard will eat that ookie-ookie cookie. Uh, Kemba Walker has been sidelined for the Knicks. That's a much-needed win for Brad Stevens. The Bruins continue to be up the dregs of the league with a 3-2 win over the Canucks. Uh, in their previous matchup with the Rangers, they gave up three goals in the third and lost 5-2. to two. Bruins are 11-7, good for fifth in the Atlantic with a billion games in hand. And breaking news, Brad Marchand has been suspended three games for not dink-towing someone, but slew-towing someone. Uh, also, quick MLB hot stove news. We have uh, is heating up with multiple players being signed, including the top pitchers on the market, led by Max Scherzer signing a three-year, $130 million deal with the Mets. The Red Sox have been on in on exactly none of these players, but did sign the corpse of Waka 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 over the weekend. This has been Headlines with the Obvious One. Welcome back. Uh, I don't think you read that copy exactly the way it was written. I believe I did. I believe. I believe. You uh, put in here, I will eat the cookie, meaning you, because you wrote the email. So the Celtics are in ninth I... place, only three games out of second in a wide open Eastern Conference, comma, I will eat the Yuki cookie. And See, you said, that's you what I said. No, no, no. See, you just said it. I, you, you'll be eating the Yuki cookie. Yuki cookie. I'm to give you the Celtics by the numbers. This was supposed to be just jack off in each other's mouths. <laughs> This was supposed to be Bill's opening take. However, with the Bruins news coming out, he, he decided to change it rightfully. So, so let me give you a little bit of uh, the Celtics open uh, Celtics by the numbers here and how they're looking this season uh, in points. And this is all the league ranks. Excuse me. In points, they are 17th overall in the league shooting percentage in abysmal 25th three point percentage, 26th three point attempts, 12th which is surprising to me because I think the first three weeks of the season, they were like first, they were setting Celtics records for the most three points ever uh, free throw percentage. This is a big one. Fourth and free throw percentage and free throw attempts, even bigger surprise eighth. So they're getting to the line rebounds. They're third offensive rebounds. They're seventh assists. Not great. 19th turnovers right in the middle at 14th steals 18th and blocks eighth Robert Williams. Helps out with that for certainly for certain. All right, Bill, uh, your previous opening take was that I is not making a difference. This team is not playing, um, you know, the way that they should be playing, re rebounding, playing defense, playing hard. 
Um, I disagree with you, but I'll, I'll put the, uh, I think the numbers help my argument a little bit, but that's not, I'm not saying that Celtics playing well. I just think I may is making slow, slow strides with a very frustrating roster, but I throw it over to you. I just think it seems like a lost season with this team. Again, I think one of the biggest things he was preaching was ball moving your 19th in the league in assists. I think that needs to change Jason Tatum making excuses or the media making excuses for the Celtics team that they can't shoot the basketball because they changed the basketball in the NBA. They have to adjust all their, their they have to adjust their shooting style. Dude, you had the whole fucking off season to play with this new NBA, new this with this new basketball. Quit being fucking babies about it. You're professional athletes making billions of dollars. Man the fuck up. I'm just tired of the Celtics team. I just I just hate them. I have zero expectations for them because I just hate them. Like, I just hate everybody. Like, just Jason Tatum is such a hateable guy. He's just so hateable. I'm just so out on the Celtics team. I don't care. I think I'm blow it all up. Start completely over. Give I may a better give I may a team. Start him young. Do whatever. But Tatum, I'm I'm out. I'm out. Just do something. And it, I don't disagree with that with the hateable uh, with the hateable point because they're a tough team to watch at times. Um, I, I just I don't I don't I think that they're making slow, very painfully slow strides. With I mean, there are times in the game where they move the ball and they circulate it and they they look good and they look like they know what they're doing. Um, they there are times where they drive to the to the rim. There are even times, my God, Ray, that Marcus Smart has played his role and helped you win games in his role. So I think they're just slow strides. You're just dealing with 23 and 24 year old multi-million dollar egomaniac pricks. And that's a, that's a hard group of fucking people to deal with in any sect of life. Uh, so, and I, I just think that's the challenge ahead of them. And the history of the NBA is not kind to teams led by 24 year olds. And just, that's just, I think that's what you're seeing with the Celtics, but I said this a week or so ago, I'm with you. My level of expectation for the Celtics is absolutely zero. It's a much better life to live. It's a much better life to live, not expecting them to, uh, to go out there and perform, but it's not a lost season. You're three games out of the second, second, second place in the East. Either the whole league sucks or everyone's doing the same thing or nobody can shoot because of the ball or no one gives a fuck. It's just the NBA. I just don't think you like the sport, Bill, and you'll agree with me on that. I like it better now that they got rid of the ticky-tack pussy fouls. I do, like, I do like it a little bit better because I think it still speeds up the game, but it does change late in the fourth quarter. It, go, it reverts back to old. The fourth quarter still taking fucking – it's like college. It's yeah, like – you know what I mean? I, I just – I'm just tired of the NBA. I just think I have so hatred. And, and LeBron is the big reason he ruined the NBA for me. I swear yeah, to Christ, he ruined it for me. I just think everything involves around him is bitching. He has so much sway in the league, so much sway in the commissioner's office. Everything about this league is to make him happy. And I'm just, I just, he ruined it for me. I'm out. I'm so out on basketball. He might be losing some of that sway though in his old bones. He got the suspension out from that. Which uh, was rightly deserved. He fucking punched the guy in the face. See, I don't think he did it on purpose. I think he only, he did. how did he only get a game and the other guy, Stewart, got three? Because he, he, tried, tried he got two because he tried to fight everybody. everybody. Well, fuck that. You get punched in the eye. You're fucking bleeding. Why wouldn't no. you want to fight the world? This is your anti-LeBron bias coming out. If you look at the play, he, the guy was grabbing LeBron's arm and LeBron swung. Maybe he tried to get him. Maybe he, tried, he made punch him in the face, though. And the, the fucking guy that went ballistic, that, I mean guy i'd like on the team probably on my team but what a good for him tool 
what a fucking mm. tool. Ray, your uh, your problem with the with the Celtics is uh, in line with many, a lot of beat reporters even. Um, Gary Washburn, I think, is is big on this and has been for a while. The Jays don't work together. You want to yeah. hash that out a little bit more? They have it. I mean, uh, I believe without Jalen Brown in the lineup, the Celtics are seven Saying and three. Saying it for a year, baby. And then with Jalen Brown, they're four and seven. So, yeah, obviously the chemistry is not there. Bill's been saying it. I mean, maybe it is time to get rid of the Jays, split them up. You know, you can get the most bang for your buck from Jalen Brown anyways for any trade proposal you can get because that's what everyone's been asking for. So maybe it is time that we give Tatum the whole reins and say, hey, this is your team. Jalen's going to go bye-byes. Let's make this work. And maybe that will make a 24-year-old more uh, excited to go out there and play harder. And if he has someone like a Bradley Beal, who I don't want on this team, but something like that, like, this is the NBA. These are a bunch of diva asshole cunts. I don't know if that all makes sense in the one, but they are. But they just want what they want. And if they don't get their way, they cry, they pout until they get their way or a trade. So maybe this is what Tatum needs. He needs his little binky. He needs a side piece other than Jalen Brown on this team. I've been saying it for a long time. No, you have been. I, yeah, yeah. Since what, last summer. Since our early days in the show, I've been saying one of these guys has got to go. Jalen Brown kind of scares me because he he seems like he's soft. You know, he, he missed last year with the knee. Now, you've seen Kemba Walker come with a kind of a knee injury. He's a shell of himself. Just got benched in New York. Now, out of the rotation completely in that rotation. So, I mean, I know he's only 25. He's still a pretty young player. But, I mean... Can you get out early? Brandon Roy was a, the same type player, honestly. If you look at if you look at their good comparison right there, I mean, they, they, their careers were right there. And then the knees start acting up, and these and these guys, basketball is one of these things that kills your knees the most, really, in one of these sports. I mean, yeah, I, uh, chemistry issues there. I'm not saying it's going to be long term and how soft he is, but he's still missing a lot of games with lower leg injuries. Yeah, I have come off the don't trade the Jays. Uh, train a little bit ago and the guy I would trade is Jalen, but it has to be for the right guy. It has to be yeah, for, I wouldn't, I'm not giving him away. I would trade it for towns. I think that would make See, Jaylen, I, I think that would make I, I need happy. a guy that is going to alpha Tatum. I need a Beal. I need a, uh, um, uh, Dame, Dame out of Portland. Oh, I, I need, would take I need a guy that has a set of balls and a skill set that are as good or bigger than Jason Tatum. That's the guy I want for Jalen Brown. Someone to put him in his place. Not, yeah, I'll put him in place or just be able to, you know, um, allow like Tatum. You're not, you don't have to shine. You can't Chris shine. Gasper what about Paul to... George? No, fuck Paul George. No. No, I'm Paul, just saying, like. The Clippers are a perfect example of a team that does not have a really true alpha guy that, uh, that you need to win. Say what you want about Kawhi Leonard. He has never won a championship as the number one leader elf on a team. I disagree. Toronto. Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. You, you put Kyle, Kyle Lowry, Lowry in this was... Boston. You put Kyle Lowry in this Boston team, the number one team in the East. Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan on the Spurs. Still his team. Parker. Yeah, I agree. Ginobili. So anyway, my 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 point here is that that list is small in the NBA, but you could get him. You could Sergio get a guy Parker like that with Jalen Brown. You really could. You could get a guy like that with Jalen Brown. So it's an interesting uh, conversation to have. I just think that's that that's the only return that I'd be okay with with Jalen Brown. And I think it was Gasper that had this phrase that he, that with these Jays that they're on the same time. They're on the same um, the fuck did he call it uh, success timeline? Whether they're looking for the same things at the same and 
they're clashing as opposed to if you brought a badly Bradley Beal in who's already scored his points and, and made his name in the NBA, he'd be okay scoring 15 points a game instead of 25 and let Tatum be the showboat as long as he got the wins type of guy. So yeah, I could see that being, being a move. I don't know if they'll do it. I don't know if they can do it. We'll see what Brad Stevens has up his sleeve. January 25th is the date to keep in mind. That's the day Marcus Smart can be moved. That's the first move I make before the Jays. I get Marcus Smart the fuck out of here. That's the first move I make. Um, and then if you can't get that type of deal with for Jalen Brown, I just think you have to ride it out. You just have to ride it out. This year. that they fucking grow up. You ride it out this year and then just wait until the offseason then then reassess in the offseason. You're going to get more value in the offseason than you will midseason. Yep, I agree. Which is crazy, right. though, because Jalen Brown is such the, like, the smartest guy in the room. Why isn't he just putting this together and be He's like, like the right, vice it. president of the Players Association? Yeah, that's what I'm He's saying. He's like so 25. It's crazy. Oh, well, sorry yeah, for not. I don't day. know. I don't know if that translates on the court. Um, and I don't think that he's good enough to help it translate on the court. He's not, you can't be Chris Paul. You know, you can't go out there and facilitate. He doesn't have the game to do it. He has, his game is focused on scoring and playing athletic defense. So we'll see. We'll see. The Celtics have been a 500 team for over a year. That's about what they are right now. Hopefully they can uh, continue to improve incrementally. All right, Bill. Uh, last point here. The Bruins beat the Canucks. Yippee, yippee, doodah. They got smoked in the third period by the Rangers in an awful display of hockey in that third period. Oh, and now Jake right DeBrusque. Off. Jake fucking DeBrusque. The audacity of Jake fucking DeBrusque, who was given $3.5 million from this team, has asked for a trade. Uh, bye. He wants out. He, he can't handle. He can't handle a little criticism. He can't handle the style of coach. He needs Claude Julian. This is the. He's a perfect example for a guy, a soft coach at Julian. You know, I mean, this guy has no. He can't handle a tough coach. Boo Cassidy publicly has called him out. He fucking benched him again, again. Two goals in the first three games. I was well, like, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm, I, I really am, but because we're late, I'm going to change this. Jake DeBrusque is an e- easy target. Don Sweeney is the guy you should be looking at. We said this when they signed all of these second line, third line guys, man. Oh shit. Here's there's another move coming. They're going to trade DeBrusque, trade one of these other contracts. They're going to get a defenseman or make a move for Eichel or get it yourself a veteran goalie or, and they didn't, they kept mm-hmm. DeBrusque and a million dollars in the salary cap open. And that was the fucking, that was the, that was it. Idiot. That was it. Idiot. And this is why you're seeing inconsistent hockey. You played the and again, least amount of games in the year for the NHL. But fuck, fuck, fuck Don Sweeney. I'm out. Oh, just, just, I'm just getting so angry. Hashtag fired on Sweeney. This has been the Simple Mind Sports Show. Fat headlines, November 30th. Happy birthday, Don. Oh, it's your mother's birthday? The 30th, yeah. Oh, happy birthday, Donna. Yeah, baby. See you soon, baby girl. Gifts in the mail. Uh, bye-bye. 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 Hold on. Quiet. Quiet. Ingrid's listening to, like, Joni Mitchell or some fucking shit. Ingrid! (laughs) Shut that shit up! Turn it down! Bitch! I can't hear it. Never mind, Bill can't hear it. It's fine. I can't hear it either. (laughs) She might turn it up.
Comcast. Fucking Comcast is ruining Ray's life. Hey, I've been bitching about Comcast. Ray's been bitching about Comcast. It's about fucking time that Ray's the one. After, hey, I called. I called and got a uh, booster. Everyone's been bitching about Comcast since the beginning of Comcast. They're the absolute worst. Although I will say, knock on wood, I have Comcast here because they're the they have a monopoly on where I live. It's the only internet you can get. Same here, basically. Yeah, like any like this is the planned neighborhood, so like it's in the ground, so no one's getting in here. Um, <laughs> whenever you sent us that picture, it's just the fucking you guys got snow. He has no internet, no TV. The fucking cable trucks. He has to watch the game at the bar. (laughs) (laughs) Suck it, Ray. (laughs) I mean, honestly, milk and cigarettes, that was probably his best choice. You know, he he felt great about having to go to the bar and watch the Patriots game. Not in the house, but I I was laughing the whole fucking day. Oh, I was dying. And the game got boring in the second half, and I'm just like, well, Watching Ray go down, just a downfall of drunkenness. Oh, yeah. Those texts were coming in. Uh, like, you can tell immediately via the text chain when Ray gets drunk. And it happens uh-huh. like that, too. Like, obviously, you drink, like you drink with Ray. All of a sudden, he's fucking drunk. Like, all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, it comes out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. That's well, all lightweights that drink Bud Light, I feel like, are like that. It's just like they crush six of them in an hour, and then they seem okay. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm fucking drunk. And then two hours from then, they're puking. 